back. This is the part two of my conversation with the online legal guy, Bobby Klink. And although we do talk about the online legal guy's expertise, what we are really talking about is how he came to understand that he had kind of morphed his business into such a state that it felt too big, too unsustainable, and he really needed to get back to center. He had just followed his heart, followed his interests, and he knew that he needed to get back to doing the online legal stuff. And it was a huge shift, just like in your business. Like if you were to pivot, it's kind of a big ship and it takes a long time to turn around. So in today's episode, if you missed part one, part one was all about Bobby's growth and all that he did to get to the place where he was just about to expand his business enormously. Today we pick up, we had just stepped into, it is, uh, COVID is about to hit, it's March 2020, and he sees all this potential and then he just keeps growing and growing and growing his business until he gets to a point where he realizes like, oh, this is so far from center. What do I do now? It's unsustainable. So enjoy today's episode. When we get to toward the end of today's episode, we talk a lot about how to do content more strategically, how to make it so that it's less arduous for you. And basically, you're going to hear the thoughts of a brain that just can't stop creating ideas. And that is probably a lot like your brain. You probably have a go, 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 go kind of brain. I think my favorite takeaway from Bobby is like, although he doesn't stop and although he always goes against the grain and he knows his strengths and he leans into his strengths, he also learned how to stop doing things just because he was supposed to. And I think that's a really powerful lesson we can all take away. I hope you enjoy this conversation, part two, with Bobby Clink. And at the end, you'll learn how to connect with Bobby. You can always let me know what you think by leaving a review. And I hope you enjoyed listening to him as much as I enjoyed listening to him during our conversation. See you on the other side. Bye. This is 2020 now, right? We're just into the middle of starting of COVID. Yes. The day that my ads started for my webinar for this course launch, it was a Wednesday. And I don't remember the exact date, but it is a Wednesday that is very memorable. It's the day that Tom Hanks announced he had COVID, the day that the NBA paused all their games. And it was the day that the president announced the shutdown of anyone coming from Europe was coming right. at the end of the week. Mm-hmm. So. That was the day that I started promoting a <laughs> webinar. I was like, huh, I don't know if this is going to be great. Yeah. But it worked out. I mean, I, I had people. Well, they were online. Yeah. They had home. people join, et cetera. And so all that happened. In 2020, kind of, you know, I was doing this small group coaching program and these things. Then we did this live event at the end of 2020 where you mentioned, uh, I don't know if you mentioned it here, but we had talked about BOMU, which yeah. is Badass Online Marketing University, started as this idea with my integrator in the summer of 2020, where we said, if we were going to hire someone who didn't know what we do, how the heck would we even train them? Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have a good answer to that. And so we, we came up with this idea. And again, here's where I think you would say I was ahead of my time. Mm-hmm. I had this idea. I said, people don't really want to pay for information or for mm-hmm. a course. They want to pay to help That's right. with help input. That's right. And so we had this idea that we we're going to create this free university with courses that were as high quality as you would get in any paid course that would teach people marketing. And we were doing this behind the scenes and we did a, a virtual event in at the end of so December of 2020. Mm-hmm. And that's where we announced this bomb you, but I did I did a classic Bobby thing, which was I was a little bit of a prankster. So 
if you ever go to one of these three-day live events, there is a very clear structure. You're going to get pitched something. Sure. And it's the pitch is going to come on day two, in the middle, you know, kind of afternoon day two, and you're going to have a full day afterwards. So <laughs> I was doing this thing, and I get to be very meta. When, I'm, when I was coaching about marketing and business, I would be very meta. I would say, watch what I'm doing, because I'm doing what I'm going to teach exactly. you to do. And, and I would be very open about that. So day one goes great. Then day two, I announced that we're creating this new program called Bomb You. It's going to have all of this. And I, and I go through it and I presented it in day two, like you would do a value step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going through all this great stuff. And people are literally saying, how do I sign up? I've got my credit card ready. <laughs> bah, bah, bah. And I said, but more on that later. Now let's go to lunch. <laughs> so I did that. Then that afternoon, I present my coaching program. Mm -hmm. That day, I think we had, I don't know, four or five people sign up for my coaching program, which at the time was a $7,000 for the year. Mm -hmm. Day three comes, I have more people trickle in. And then at the end, like literally the last session of the day, I haven't come back to bomb you and people are so confused and yeah. so confused. And that's when I announced it's free. Mm -hmm. Within like 10 minutes of making that announcement, we saw like, and I won't get the numbers right, but however many people had signed up for coaching before that, we saw an equal number literally come and buy yeah. in the next 10 to 15 minutes mm -hmm. after I made that announcement because people were saying, holy crap, if this guy's going to give us this for, for free, free, what's the paid program yes. going to be like? Yes. And so that was kind of like, in some sense, I was a victim of my own success mm -hmm. because we had this, that was the first $100,000 launch, six-figure launch I'd ever mm -hmm. had was of this coaching program. We, I think we fell just short of a hundred thousand dollar day, mm -hmm. but you know, still pretty darn good when you think about totally. that. And so it was this amazing success, but then we got into having to do it. Yes. And again, I didn't <laughs> mind coaching. The coaching was fine. I enjoyed it, all of that. But I'll just be honest, like nothing ever really matched that, the energy that first day, mm. because Part of it was I was running a team of, in 2021, a team of like four people plus some VAs and, and some other contractors, but I was running a team of four people who were, were running this coaching program that involved, and I won't remember how much, but like probably six hours or seven hours of my time every week. Yeah, It involved, like separate from the coaching, we had committed to creating courses for bomb use. So we're creating those courses and those trainings and doing all that stuff. And by the way, what are you hearing here? What was I not doing during any of this time? Period? No legal stuff at all. None of my content was about legal stuff. Yeah. We would do one or two promotions of it a year, but it was just kind of over here yeah. in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was doing all this stuff. And in 20, like the end of 2021, we repeated, we did that event. It was a much smaller turnout for the event. Mm -hmm. And again, I think part of that was... In 2020, people loved virtual events because it was something. Yes. Right. Yes. And so we we sold into our, our coaching program. This it stayed about the same size in 20. So for this year, or sorry, this past year's program was about the same size. But we, you know, we were doing the same kind of thing. And it was mid-2020 that it it just hit me. This is not sustainable. Yeah. And it wasn't sustainable because we were running too hard. We were pressing too much. We were trying to do too many things. And the really kind of the, the turning point for me or the, the, the breaking point was we decided to move to sell our house, move from DC proper into the Maryland suburbs. And I won't bore your <laughs> audience with this, it was a nightmare. Yes. The process was a nightmare. Everything that happened, there was a ton of stress. 
and then even the move. So all of a sudden I was kind of absent from the business. I would show up for coaching calls. I would do those things, but I was kind of having to let my team do everything else. It was putting way too much stress on them. Yeah. And it just kind of hit me that I had built this business that I couldn't be absent from, like even for things like that without putting too much stress on my team. And I said, this just doesn't work. It's like you built yourself a job. Well, not just a job, a high pressure job. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, the highest pressure job possible. And all of these things, I just said, I don't want this. Mm-hmm. And so we we tried to figure out, was it, and, and by the way, separately, I, I had created a membership. Yes. For 2021, which the idea for that was the coaching. I said, kind of like in 2021, the first year of the coaching, I'd kind of discovered that part of the problem was a lot of people who joined the coaching program weren't ready for coaching. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is they didn't have a business. They hadn't built the foundations enough that it made sense for them to pay me or anyone else that kind of money. So I said, I'm going to create a membership, which is kind of the lower tier to get people to close that gap so they can get to the point they need it. So I was running a membership. And a group coaching program and, and doing all this while also and trying to create, yeah, marketing, creating content, doing all this stuff separately. And it was just so much. I and I just said, okay. So I started talking with my integrator sometime during the summer. And I said, okay, this isn't sustainable. What could we do? Mm-hmm. We toyed with combining the two, the coaching and the membership into a single program. We toyed with the idea of shifting back to the first business stuff that I was really known for, which was email. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, I'd written a book yeah. and watched the book yeah. by those way too that led to nothing. There, I had no real paid program <laughs> no after the book. People to go, right. You know, because the book content was already out by the time we'd made all these other decisions or not the content, but we were already in the process. And so I kind of said, oh, and we talked about it. But when I really thought about it, the problem was none of those things was going to solve the ultimate problem, which had a lot of things. My, my message was fractured. All of a sudden, I was, I was no longer the online legal guy. Right. My messaging was, I help serve first entrepreneurs, build and protect business. And what the heck does that mean? Yeah. That's one it's of like those. It's like word salad. <laughs> exactly. It's one of them, you know. And so people literally be confused. Whereas now I can say, and again, I think the tagline on my website, if you go to the top, it says, hey, I'm Bobby. I help online business owners get their legal protection in place quickly, easily, and affordably. Mm-hmm. People know what that means, yes. right? Boom. They got it. Yes. And they don't have to learn anything to do it. Correct. They don't have to like take a class or a course or a mini course or anything. They can buy it and download it and plug and play what they need. Right. There's all of that stuff, which is now it's very easy for me to say, what do I do? Yeah. But also, let me be clear. Bobby's going to Bobby. And what I mean by (laughs) that is I'm always going to have a big vision. Mm -hmm. So when I was talking with my team, this was after we'd made the announcement, after we were doing this, we were kind of doing our planning. And I I said, look, I want to set the vision for the business. My vision is that we become the go-to resource on all things legal for online business owners. And what I said is that includes to get answers to things that we don't have a paid offer for. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is I understand if people say, what is the legal stuff? And say, oh, go to Bobby. Guess what? Then when they need this stuff that I do sell, it'll sell. Totally, totally. But that's always been part of your philosophy is a lot of goodwill. And a lot of information sharing in a very transparent way. So that doesn't surprise me about you. Right. Well, and again, it's funny you say that because when I think about, you mentioned goodwill, because that goodwill is one of these terms that people with business background understand what goodwill is. But a lot of people, I think, don't. <laughs> right. Goodwill is one of the most important 
assets that a business has. Mm-hmm. If you want to know why Tiffany and company can sell that bookmark paperclip for $1,500, it's because of their goodwill. Yeah. It's because they built a brand, they built expectations, they built all of those things. And that value can then affect your pricing. And so if I build all this goodwill, guess what? I like to say that, that well, the way I try to position my business is I am Costco. Mm. I'm not the cheapest. Mm-hmm. I'm not the most expensive, but you know you're going to get value. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When you come with me, you know you're going to get quality and it's going to be worth every penny in. And that's the way I want to approach things. And as I build goodwill, guess what? People won't think twice about my price if, you know, another lawyer's out there selling stuff more cheaply because mm-hmm. eh, they don't really necessarily trust that person, whereas they trust me. That's right. And it's ironic. Well, I don't think it's ironic. I think that people think it's ironic that the more truth you tell and the more rebellious you are and the more you kind of rage against the online machine that has been built, it actually doesn't, well, it repels people who don't want to hear that message anyway. We're, we're never going to get through to those people, but it really just endears you to them because they're, and the other thing, you know, if this is what's happening with his low cost stuff and it's so effective, imagine what the higher cost stuff is like. Those are just things that we can build in. I really am always trying to get people in their content to be more concerned with their voice and how they show up for their audience, meeting their audience's needs, which doesn't mean giving everything away, but it does mean finding out what your voice is and really getting clear on your messaging. And I think that with this turn back, you've done a great job of being super transparent about this is why I did it. This is what it looks like now. So now that you're kind of in this lane and it's 2023, how are you feeling? What's going on with the business? How is the messaging happening? So, I mean, it's great. And and (laughs) it's great because I'll just tell you when, when, my team and I formally made the decision, even before we'd announced it, literally, I felt a weight lift. I get that. Off like wings, I just right? Felt like you had wings. Better. Like everyone was like, oh, it must have been so hard. I was like, kind of. But once I made the decision, but again, I'm one of those people, once I make a decision, the decision is made. I don't look back yeah. and I have regrets. It, you know, it is what it is. When I made the announcement, people were happy. People, you know, were very, uh, were saying nice things. A lot of people said, well, I'm sad for me, but I'm very happy for you. And this is clearly the right thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and so so there was a lot of that. And I, it's funny, I had a lot of people say, oh, I was going to join coaching next year. Oh, I was going to join the membership. I was like, <laughs> but you did. Like, well, you know, if, you, if if all of you people who said you would join, you know, had joined last year, maybe it wouldn't have felt. But again, I, I joke about that. But really, the, the other thing that I, since we're talking content here, mm-hmm. the other thing that I think needs to play into this is we had made a push on legal content early last year. And saw some amazing things. Like right now, if you go out and search for certain terms, like legal templates, my website like hovers around the top 10 mm-hmm. on a Google search for legal templates. Now, you might say, top 10, what's the big deal? Okay, fine. But let's be clear. There's things like LegalZoom and like really yes. big behemoth companies yes. out there who I am up there with them. And so we found that. And privacy policy, which I give away my privacy policy template for free. Most lawyers charge hundreds of dollars for mm-hmm. theirs. I did that as a strategic decision. You know, I like to say a good online marketer, and I hope people don't take this the wrong way, are kind of like drug dealers. <laughs> don't be a drug dealer, by the way. Being drug dealing is bad, but we give people a taste. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that taste is then what makes them say, okay, this is good. And so I figured that's the way, what I do with my privacy policy. Well, we rate for that too. And yesterday at one point, I went on, I use a, a tracking software called Hyros because it'll really help you get granular tracking of where traffic sales, et cetera, are coming from. Mm. 
my last three sales, which at the time is like $1,900 for those sales, were all Google organic. Google nice. Organic, Google organic. And I said, hmm, mm-hmm. again, can I ra- rail against the machine here a little bit? In the online marketing space, again, more marketing malpractice in that some of the people who have a budget, who have a team, who have that, have put zero effort into SEO and search engine optimization. And I'm not saying that should be the only thing where you should put all of your things, but there's a value in a blog. Yes. And those things are valuable. And, And when we think about content now, in my mind, I think of two big buckets of content. One is the attraction content. That's the SEO. How how am I going to get people to hear about me in the first place? Mm -hmm. And then the other is the nurturing content Mm -hmm. to move people who already know me in further along. And I think a lot of people, because when we hear content, someone had said, you have to create some form of content. It can be a a podcast, a blog, or whatever. When I was starting, I said, well, talking is easy for me. I'm going to create a podcast. But no one really taught me at that point that a podcast is pretty crappy at building awareness and, and attracting new people. Unless you're, you're not going to get a lot. Of, unless you, know, you have it. I mean, it can be highly searchable. Yes. But again, I guess here's my question. When I go onto a podcast app, I'm never searching. I go and find a um, podcast because someone suggested it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an interesting that's interesting to think about how your users or your listeners are getting to your podcast. Yeah. Right. Very little of podcast discovery is by search. Mm. And, and again, this is one of those little things I said, aha, a blog, a YouTube, all of that stuff is search, yes. right? I mean, there's a Pinterest. lot of that that mm-hmm. is optimizing for awareness, but a podcast, and again, you could maybe do a podcast in a certain way to make it searchable, to make it all of those things, but you have to be very conscious and strategic. It. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. And strategic, but even with SEO, like, so right now on my plate that I'm working on is I'm creating a bunch of different posts. Some of them are meant to be SEO optimized. Mm-hmm. Some of them aren't. So for example, I'm creating something called copyright 101, the ultimate guide for online business owners. I don't think that's going to get me a lot of search traffic. Mm, that's not what people are searching. Right. Right. But I think having a copyright 101, a trademark 101, a trade secrets 101, an, an accessibility 101, like all of these guys mm-hmm. will be the kind of thing that when people get into my world, they're like, oh, let me check this out. Yeah. And they'll go further and further down. And so I think of it in those two buckets, not a single bucket. Totally. And, and I think this is the thing when, I, when one of the last things I did, and I created this thing, which I believe is truly valuable, but it was like, I came up with it as part of like thinking about stuff soon before I decided to not, or to kind of close out the marketing, I created something called that I called the knowledge brand canvas. And there is this, this concept in, in business school and startup world, it's called the business model canvas, I think, oh, or yeah, something my like husband that. Uses that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's this thing where you put it, it's in horrible order because it, you literally don't go from one side to the other. You kind of fill this one and then that yes. one. But it's, <laughs> it's a way to basically put your business model on a single piece of paper mm-hmm. so you can kind of see it together. Some of the stuff's just not relevant there because it's like suppliers and stuff like that. So I created one that was for knowledge brands like us. People are selling information, services, courses, memberships, coaching, any of that stuff. And I created this whole thing. And the important part of it was understanding how a decision over here about my product affects these things I do over here. Yes. 
But then also understanding, okay, when I'm creating content, it needs to fit one of these goals. Yes. I need to understand why I'm creating. And let me give you a very a content-specific podcast example. You have to understand what is the goal of your content or your podcast. Is the goal of your podcast, is your podcast your product or is it an acquisition channel? Mm-hmm. If it's your product, then you're going to have ads paid for by other people. Mm-hmm. But guess what? If your podcast is not your product, you almost certainly should not have ads as part of your podcast. Oh, that's really interesting. Except ads to your own product. That is really interesting. And I love that you broke it down like that. And I don't think this is, again, where my brain doesn't, like my brain needs a your brain. I've always been resistant to external ads because my podcast is not my product. My podcast is information dissemination. And so I'll talk about like this thing that I have coming up or how you can get onto my list. But I've never, I've only intuitively known that, but I love that you have quantified it for me. Yeah. I love that. When you think of your podcast is this is part of my acquisition channels, not my product. It makes sense that, hey, this is marketing for my products. So yes, I have ads. Again, when you listen to my podcast before I close mm-hmm. it down, I had some kind of call to action in every one of them, but it was sign up for Bomb You. Yes. It was do this. It was all leading people back to you. My yeah, back to you. And so again, this is where you have to understand okay. what is the role that this particular thing I'm doing fits in my overall business model. And once you start doing that, you say, okay. And by the way, that allows you to do less, create less, spend less time mm-hmm. on these things. So for example, and again, I hope you don't, I hope you, I hope you don't get mad at me. <laughs> I don't worry about creating weekly content mm-hmm. at this point. Not because I don't think content's important, but because the whole, I mean, again, for, well, let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about my email, but what is the rationale for creating a new blog post, podcast, or video every single week? From a content perspective, what are people telling? That's an interesting question. I actually like to write. So for me, creating my email is fun for me. And it's a way to kind of be present with my my subscribers on my email list and be sharing something of value or connection with them on a regular basis so that when it's time for me to sell something, I'm not like, hey, I know I've been gone for a while, but here's my show and I have this thing for you. So I feel like it actually, for me, I view regular content creation as creating goodwill. Right. And I think for email, that is 100% true. And I think for a podcast, that can be 100% true. But like once you shift, once I shift and said, look, my primary form of content is now a blog. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm not subscribed to any blogs where I'm like, I'm going to go read it every single week. So I view content now as I batch stuff out and and I'm not going to release it all on the same day, but I'll release Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, hit a blitz of content out. Plus to write a blog. To write an SEO rich blog, to write a good, juicy blog that's going to be found. It takes a lot longer to write that blog than it would take for me and you to just have this conversation for my podcast. Exactly. Yeah, so no, time wise, capacity wise. Yeah. And, and that's definitely true. But I guess my, my, so I look at it that way and I say, okay, to me, content, once I realized that this content, this blog is not nurturing my existing audience, it is an attraction, an awareness. Okay. That changes the cadence. Yes. And I can think of the cadence in terms of that and say, okay, what is going to serve that purpose rather than everything else? And the way my brain works is going to be way easier for me to be, maybe batch a bunch during a week mm-hmm. 
And once it's created, let's say a batch, and again, depending on the length, a big long one is going to take me a long time, but a shorter one that I mix in that, that is a supporting piece, I could create, I don't know, in a few hours. So I could easily create maybe 10 pieces in a week. Mm -hmm. So am I really going to create 10 pieces in a week, but then put them out over 10 weeks? Why? Why not? you know, literally release those 10 pieces in 10 days. And then all that's out there for Google to see. Oh, and all yeah, those I like things. that. No. Right. Well, that's because I'm you're using it as attraction with SEO rich. I don't think that until people really parse that out in their brain, like I don't want content to just be something you do to cross it off the list. It has to be strategic. And that's exactly. what you're talking about. Exactly. So, and that's the thing for a long time. And I did this for a long time. I just created a podcast because I was told I was supposed to create a, a piece of content every week. And so I was creating a podcast, new episode every week. And before I closed things down, I had decided to do my podcast different. I was going to do seasons mm -hmm. and I was going to do seasons like the Netflix style where Binge it all I would once. record them all and release them I all on the that, same yeah. day. So people could listen to it whenever they wanted. But again, this was more me thinking of how can I give the most value? But also I was thinking, again, part of the reason I was doing that was we were going to have a pillar page. For every season, because every season was going to have a theme. Mm. The first one I did was email, which makes sense. I was going to do one on strategy and, and think through strategy. And so my point was, hey, if I think of this as a project, I can actually give more value to my audience and also have it be something that people will come back to. It's sticky. It's sticky content in that way. Yeah. Right. Because let's be honest with most podcasts, you release an episode and all, what, 90% of the listens are going to come within the first probably 30 days it's out, unless something happens, unless it gets featured somewhere. For the most part, people don't go back. Now, you'll have the people who find your podcast and binge your back catalog. That happens. Right, right. But it's not this ongoing thing. And I wanted to think of it differently and say, okay, well, if I create an email series, you mm -hmm. know, strategic thinking series, a content series, if I did that, all of a sudden... Again, this was in my business marketing coaching. I was going to have all of these pillar pages that have immense value that people will listen to over and over yeah. again, and it gives it a longer life. Again, I was thinking about content finally strategically instead of checking off the list. Yes, yes. Oh, God, I feel like we could talk about this forever. <laughs> to, to circle back to your expertise now, how can people get access to your templates and get into your world so that they can hear some of the real talk that you have to, to say and also benefit from, you know, the legal expertise that you have. Yeah. I mean, the simplest way is just my website, okay. bobbyclink.com. One of the things I tell people, I'm not into creative naming. Mm -hmm. Now, there was a little bit with, with my bomb you with badass online marketing was kind of a brand, but for the most part, what I say is what I get. So bobbyclink.com. K-L-I-N-C-K. Correct. <laughs> Correct. So that's the first place to start. We've got information there. We've got our templates. We've got various freebies. We are going to be creating new freebies on a regular basis. We're going to be creating slowly but surely. I'm going to be creating all of those. Think of them as guides, but basically these pillar pages, copyright, trademark, trade secrets, all of the different things, privacy, all of those things. We will eventually have those built out as well. So you'll have an educational piece. If you want to learn, yeah. you don't have yeah. to, but if you want to learn, if you want to understand it, that'll be there too. But that's the easiest way, plushing it on my list a lot of different ways there. Mm -hmm. I would tell you about social, but honestly, you're not there. Social much. I'm hit or miss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. It's just so obvious that your brain can't stop creating. And that's what makes it so interesting to listen to you and to be around you. So I wanted to 
just say thank you so much for this conversation. I love how clear you've made everything. And I also love the kind of permission and the clarity that you've shared your journey because I know that for me, when I was closing down my membership in the fall, it would, these were, these are hard decisions. And for the people who are listening, whether it's an offer that's no longer feeding you or, you know, a way of doing something or a channel that you're on that is not strategically working for you, it's, like the best thing you can do is is have that hard conversation with yourself and and like almost like be a rebel against what everybody is telling you and make a shift. So look, I know you're trying to close things out, but I got to caveat that. <laughs> can I really? I want to be clear that sometimes your business is going to be bored. Mm, that is so true. <laughs> and just because you're bored with something, especially at a season, does not mean you should close it down. Mm-hmm. And when I made this announcement, a lot of people said, so are you saying that, or, or like, is this a statement about business coaching or marketing oh, yeah, coaching? Yeah, I said, yeah. no. I said, it is not. If that was what I had and that was like the only thing on my plate, I would be going all in on that and I feel I could make it work. It, it was profitable. This was a decision where I had this other cash cow, mm-hmm. easier to run business over here. But not only that, like, let's just be honest, an area where I had have true expertise. Like my business coaching, I was like, now I'm in the process of getting an MBA. Mm, I didn't know that. Congratulations. Yeah. But for a long time, I was just kind of teaching stuff that I knew intuitively without really having any true credentials or anything like that. And look, I'm weird. I think that actually learning stuff is important Mm -hmm. before you're teaching. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so that was why I made the decision. It was not because I thought business coaching is bad or marketing coaching is bad. I was choosing between two things. And so I want people to understand that Again, you don't need my permission. You don't need Jen's permission. You don't need anyone's permission. But don't, I think one thing I see people do is they get bored and so they move to the next. I love that you make this distinction because when I made the choice, it was not out of boredom. It was out of almost burnout. Different than yours, but I really wanted to have this conversation because I think not enough people tap into their intuition or tap into like the realities of what's going on with them. But yeah, there's it's different than boredom. I'm so glad you said that. And even like, even burnout, I think my first question would be, is there a way I can do this and not be burned mm-hmm. out rather than burning it all down? And again, I'm I'm not talking about like closing a particular product mm-hmm. or something like that, but like Jen, you and I, we've seen a lot of people who kind of just burn it all down. Oh, yeah. Like they, they, they have like something's going on, they just burn it all down and, and that may or may not be the, the right move, but that should be a decision you definitely ruminate with and sit yeah. with for a long time, yeah. not one that you do on the spur of a yeah. moment. And, and I would just encourage people to understand that business isn't always going to be fun. Business isn't always going to be the thing that lights us up, right. but it shouldn't be the thing that makes us feel crappy. Mm-hmm. All the time. And I think there's kind of a distinction somewhere in there that, that you'll find. You say, here's what I know. It's not right. Yeah. It's almost like you don't want to make emotional decisions, but you have to tap into your emotions to make those decisions. I think that's a great way of putting it. Yeah. You have to make a, an analytical, rational decision, but your emotions can factor into yes. that. Like at some point I was well, like one of the last boot camps I did for my, my coaching program, we walked through how to like find the right scalable product. Mm-hmm. And like, I hadn't even thought about this, but like one of the things that someone suggested, cause I wasn't talking about like, does it excite you? But that should be part of the analysis. Now it shouldn't be the only mm-hmm. thing you shouldn't do something that is a horrible product nobody wants because it excites you over a good profitable product that doesn't excite you as much, but it's definitely a fact. Yeah. It's something that should come into the analysis, but also recognize it should be a long-term 
excitement, not a, I'm excited about this right mm, now. For mm-hmm, the next mm-hmm. months. Which, which creative entrepreneurs, sometimes it's hard for them to suss that out because everything feels exciting and creative to them all the time. Yeah. Oh my God. I love talking to you, Bobby. Thank you so much. Please go check out Bobby at bobbyclink.com. That's K-L-I-N-C-K.com. As you can tell, he's got a lot of gems and is coming up with more because he can't stop creating. (laughs) So go check him out. And thank you for listening. I will see you all next week. Bye. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.